welcome to the show today with, uh, I'm Dave and I'm the, uh, the uh, grand poobah of the microphone for the host over here. I'm Dave and uh, with me is Don. Great. And Don and Dave are both joined by uh, my favorite name. David is also joining us and he is one of our uh, good friends and uh, fellow GM compatriots and, uh, and is our inaugural first guest, which I think is uh, pretty dang awesome. So uh, welcome, Dave. You'd... Welcome, David. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice to be a, a part of this. I've been, I've listened to all of them. I'm a fan. Um, I'll be long, asking for long, autographs later. Long time listener, uh, short time <laughs> fan. <laughs> My morning walks are, are to a podcast with two two guys that say what I'm thinking the whole time. It's great. So I really appreciate the honor. Oh, I'm, we're, we're excited. I'm really excited about hearing your stories. You know, I've said on a couple of these podcasts, I admire anybody who works in retail. And uh, you were knee deep in it until you until you saw the light and came to the to uh, came from the dark side. So uh, it's uh, I, I've been very impressed with the, a lot of the retailers I've met and department store managers. It's going to be great hearing your stories. Yeah. So with with that, uh, David, why don't you share a little bit of a uh, give us a little taste of kind of what your experience was and because uh, I've known you for a number of years now, but uh, but I'm you know tell the listeners what what uh, kind of your history, what your what's your background. You bet. I graduated college in 1992 and walked into a mall of my first job from 1992, El Paso, Texas, at um, Bassett Center Mall. That mall is now defunct. I have a history of that. I was also known as the Grim Reaper <laughs> as we progress here. Um, went from there to um, into Texas further, Fort Worth area, and worked in several malls there, Arlington, Six Flags, North Texas, so I've been in 14 malls since 92, and I worked for small box, small retailers, mom and pop shops initially, and they moved me from El Paso to deep Texas. And then I um, went to another company, another small uh, vendor too. So I was a, about a 8,000 square foot store kind of person for a couple of years and in different places in, in malls from Houston to, to Fort Worth to Dallas. So I saw a real clean perspective of that one. Then I segued and moved to Tucson on a desire for after the one company I was went went bankrupt, of course, and signed on with a with a big box Dillard's department stores in 1997. Started as a polo associate selling men's polo clothing, and worked my way up to store manager. And then with store manager, I, I worked. Uh, Tucson, Phoenix, Colorado, back to Phoenix. Wow. And I've been in every mall in Phoenix except for the one that I now run as a GM. So, <laughs> well, wow. pretty much everywhere. <laughs> now, so, I, I just want to. I've lived uh, many, many facets of, uh, of a retailer um, and uh, watched retail thrive and fall and thrive and fall. We're in our second you know third fourth wave now and i've lived through so a couple of them and it's been it's been um it's given me a home and given me all this uh, balding hair and gray face facial well, hair too well, so well, don't worry you're joining don here he, yeah. he, he bought the magic cream that was supposed to make it grow though so. hey i just want to make sure you have been a, i i'm i'm still a, a i still have a significant amount of stock from the company that i was with uh, every mall that you've been at hasn't closed, has it? I, they, some of them did survive, didn't they? 
No, yes, some okay. of them have survived, <laughs> uh, but I did go through quite a rim uh, of there for a bit, and I went from Metro here in town mm-hmm. <laughs> to Fiesta Mall to um, up to a place in Colorado called Greeley Mall. Oh, yeah. Greeley was Longmont what... Mall. So that's four <laughs> in a row now. Death, 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 death. Uh, <laughs> I, I had Greeley for a while too as a as a vice president. So. Uh... That was uh, the story that I told about meeting the retailer on the plane who's had bad sales in their store, and we said, come up with some ideas. That was Greeley Mall. Oh, and, uh, yes. She was, uh, that lady was hilarious. It was just such a great time. I, I, I tell you, one other story while I'm thinking about it there. At Greeley Mall, I was walking through with the manager one day, and this, this old guy was shuffling along, and he had a walker in front of him. And, you know, malls do attract a lot of people who come there for exercise or to hang out for the day or for whatever reason. And he's shuffling through, and he's got ads hanging off his walker for different places in the mall. And uh, it's like, you know, use this passcode to get a 10% discount, this, that, and the other. And I I looked at the mall manager because I'd never seen anything like that before or since. And I looked at him, and he goes, yeah, it's just easier to let it happen than try to fight it. And I said, you know, it is. He was causing no harm, but uh, it was he was sort of a walking billboard. This is before they start twirling things, you know, at, on street corners. Yeah. But uh, it was great watching That's him walk through. That's awesome. I, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to, to get a mall GM car, you know, like get my own car. Not my own car, but like the mall car, and then like just do like a race car finish on it. You know, have everyone yep, buy yep. buy an inch by six inches. And then I figured you could do something super souped up, and then it'd be a lot of fun. Well, when we <laughs> used to do uh, when we used to do those annual meetings, and there was you submitted things from your region. We came up with one called uh, Bud Ads. Put your ads uh, where they'll be seen, and uh, there were a couple uh, uh, people in the office of normal size, unlike myself. And on one of them, we put www. And on the next one, we put .com, which pretty well took all of their butt. And on mine, we put Southtown Center. Oh. And uh, <laughs> it was really funny when it was in my head. But, but when I saw it, it's like, boy, that, that's really bad. That's not, that's not good. That really accentuates a very specific yeah, yeah, person. That, that's not good. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah, Greeley, Greeley Mall for me was uh, – I had been in – some very good malls up to that point. And then I was sent, as we say, sent away to, to survive. And that mall um, is, it's a cattle um, meat packing district is primarily what makes that there. And um, in, in between two days, I, 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 w- I would have to walk from, I had two different stores. Dillard's always likes to have the double headers. So I'd have to walk in between the two. And I walked out the back of the door to go to the other store. And I almost got sick to my stomach when I walked outside. It smelled horrific. And, and we used to refer to that as the smell of money. Yeah, that, I heard that. But I, I walk into the other <laughs> building and I asked one of my associates, I'm like, what? is that and they go the lady goes oh that's the day they burn the blood and i'm like oh well let's get that on the calendar and i'm not going to be in town on that day again because the store just stopped everything stopped it was horrible it was money but it was losing me money as a retailer because it smelled so bad and it it probably perforated everything because your ac handlers are bringing everything in. yeah oh yeah oh that's funny it's that's like uh i got a i got a center that's uh 
near a Purina puppy chow factory. Oh. So so if the wind blows a certain direction, you don't want to sit on the the restaurant patios. <laughs> so, you know, Gosh, like, yeah. Mm, I, yeah. I love uh, chicken with gravy for you know, like, you know, whatever you feed your, for your dog. Great factory, great town, but just, you know, the wind blows the right way. It's like, mm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you guys crossed over in Greeley, well, at least crossed over in some fashion, at least the uh, same property. That's cool. Well, David, what, what what did you see, um, you know, from a retailer standpoint, like, I love, I always love my department store managers because I always had an interesting mix. Like, I felt like I had some, like, I remember I had a JCPenney's manager that was fantastic, you know, knew his, knew his stuff, crossed his T's, dotted his I's, knew the customer really well, and like, he'd been a customer, like, one of my markets that he was in was 115,000 people on a 100-mile radius, and that's excluding the cows, right? And and so, like, you know, but yet he knew the market, and he could he would buy down to the, the new mom, and he would buy up to the retired group, and, like, but he knew the market really well from that stuff, but I always, I always respected that, uh, from that knowledge, but sometimes you'd get some just, you know, there was just great times where, like, you'd work security together because, you know, you guys would have the goods that wanted to be stolen, and we'd have the security to to respond. So, you know, or have to work together right. in some sort of fashion. So, um, love to hear anything that, you know, you, kind of your perspective of being on the on the dark side, so to speak, on the on the, on the the retailer side uh, from, from that kind of thing. What do you got going on? Well, um, working all over the Phoenix Metroplex, um, we have so many different levels of affluency with our with our guests that every place I would go to, you would have to learn the depth of that guest. And I'll give you two big spectrums, for example. I had the pleasure, and I love Zeke very much, uh, uh, one of our coworkers who he runs um, Desert Sky Mall. And I went in Desert Sky Mall in 97, and I went back in 2003 or four, I believe it was. And um, it it shifted in in the in the guest in between those two years from heavily Hispanic or heavily uh, African American to heavily Hispanic, and all the other affluencies. But you had to learn your 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 group so quickly because the merchandising would become so necessary to make your sales. So back on my first time around, uh, Tommy John and and um, uh, Fat. Uh, all those different oh yeah uh, the phat groups. phat phat yeah uh was, was a really big uh, portion of it and we had to learn that quickly you know without a community but uh, because they were so rampant on what was new and what was hot uh and then we when i came back the second round it was an Af- the uh, hispanic culture they want logoed items on everything when they want guests we would sell guests and guests stop putting logos on their shirt we'd have to go to the buyer and say i don't care if you just put the letter g on the dang thing put G on this thing so I can oh, sell it because this is what they want. And you would, but you would have to fight between your, your, your retailer and that fight. You would have to fight for your retailer in a sense with a lot of the merchandise because they would think they would try to progress on and forget their core groups. Oh, so you were the mouthpiece. Uh, we would go to guess and come back. We'd go to Tommy Hilfiger and go back and we'd go to Tommy jeans and, and push on them to, make a, something very specific and they would make it just for Dillard's at times. It would be just a, a buy for us with just a, an item on there. But that was because we took the time as a group to find out who uh, was shopping in the area, what sales were the best, what sizing was the best, what color was the best. 
we can narrow it down to uh, so specific on a on a a week by week basis. I can give you a size shirt with a color and and a logo and tell you what we need the most of. If there's wow. a certain football game coming on, we could even tweak it for that. There was a lot of specificity that we were able to um, help generate sales because everything that we do is based on how much you sold. Our whole life there at that big box was, I don't care what you do, sell it and sell all of it and sell it quickly. Um, that was our mantra. And so we would have to find out with ourselves, with our own group that we had in the stores to make that happen. And uh, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that because I know some big boxes went away to central shipping and and uh, all of a sudden they just got whatever was allotted and it went you know to every store. And I can remember those store managers just being so frustrated because, you know, they're, now they're getting stuff stuck with merchandise. They're going to have to mark down. No one wants the markdowns. You know, they don't have the stuff that they need to sell and just the frustration. And so uh, – to hear that you had the opportunity to be able to make those type of, of uh, calls and, and uh, influence the buyers is great because, uh, we, we, you know, in the 40-plus years, I've seen the gamut there of, of stores that get it and some that don't and some that got it and then for whatever reason change to another model. And, uh, you know, when, once you lose that customer, it's hard to get them back a second time. So, it, you know, yeah, we tried it. I think it was Learner maybe a long time ago, that uh, did an apology sale, or maybe it was Ann Taylor. Uh, someone oh. did an apology sale oh, where cool. they had gotten away from what their core was. I can't remember which retailer it was. And I thought, you know, that's a gutsy move, but it's the, it's the way you attract the people back because you say, hey, we messed up, and, you know, we, we've gone back to what you want, and we're, we're, we're ready to service you again. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that was J.C. Penney, by the way. Well, um, it, could it, they did have, that, they did it, have it, that problem, too. Is that but the year they a... locked all the doors and they didn't sell anything? Is that what <laughs> well, and, and plus, you too, you lived through the changes probably where uh, they would buy stuff back or you could ship stuff back, and then all of a sudden you couldn't ship stuff back, so then you had to be more careful with what you bought, but you got it at a better price. And I tell you, I've been fascinated, and, and uh, we were talking about the. Uh, I had a Dillard's manager that, that you know, Hopefully we'll get him on one of these calls uh, for the purpose of this. We'll just call him Mark. But, uh, you know, I, I, I actually went through some of his management training classes that he did for his for uh, his management team as they came up. He let me sit in on the classes because he liked me being a little smarter, too, because I never had worked in a department store. So uh, he was able to show me some of the challenges he had. And uh, I tell you, I had nothing but admiration for him and, and what he had to go through to to generate sales and and plus keep the staffing up. I mean, you've got a lot of employees and you've got a lot of different levels of employees. And the nice thing about malls are you don't, uh, on the management side, especially when we start outsourcing out security and some of the others, you're not having to deal with 200 or 250 employees and so many part-time people. And I know it's just a pleasure to deal with uh, sales associates that they all are motivated to the same level but uh, that's a, that's another story probably for another day um the uh the associate part I, is something i do miss um as the segue between retail and um the big box and and the gm position uh you know my last uh one was with dave uh at chandler and i had a uh, 180 people but I knew 180 names yep. and I knew at least one fact about those 180 people, their dog, their favorite color, shoe, their favorite lunch. So I really 
liked that part of interaction with them. And my housekeepers, I speak Spanish well enough and I would work with them, that whole group. And I'd actually do a couple of times a month. Dave, Dave, Dave saw me a few times. I'd be in my dress downs. I'd be doing the housekeeping work with them in the morning um, just to show them what I was trying to achieve or what they could achieve in a time frame or how much it would, how long it would take to vacuum an area. So I'd go do it myself. Um, kind of thing. And then I would uh, also be, uh, we had sales managers, sales staff. And then every, the one thing that was super tedious at this retailer was everything that's on sale is touched with a ticket. So there'd be days where we'd have to put 12,000 tickets on items Hmm. in one day and make sure that it was placed correctly, signed correctly and pushed in the right position correctly. And uh, you had to be a, a herding cat wizard to <laughs> make that happen. And uh, it was uh, there was days I'd come home and I would just sit back and, and, and my all my wife would have to say because she did the same job as I did for a while. She she left after a while. She said markdowns. I go yeah markdowns. <laughs> it, it is an all consuming twelve thousand uh, twelve thousand a single day. Wow, yeah. just mental math and, on that alone and still do business. Oh yeah, and still so you're yeah. still trying to service yeah. the customer. It's not like you close yep. the door and say, you know what, guys, we'll be back to you to shop tomorrow because we're marking everything down today. No, you got to do <laughs> you got to do the the, the you got to service the Dave, customer. Dave, Dave, the, twelve thousand was a good number. We've had oh. a, uh, you know we had up to thirty thousand and such oh, units. Wow, in a single day. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yep. So now there weren't stickers you had to lick, like I can imagine, like you know, no, yeah. letter writing. My tongue wasn't cut, but uh, they're, they are. They would end up. You would walk out, and you would look like you had damage, or like you had been beaten by somebody because you had them all over your body, <laughs> like a bunch of so, band, like a bunch of band aids, and and, and uh, you look like and, a bunch of band aids yeah, exactly because exactly, yeah, they're white with the pink on it. Oh, so you'd be like, oh. that's hilarious. Well, and, and what about like for major sales? Was it always markdowns for the major sales? So it was like on a calendar kind of rotation, so you kind of build up for it, or did you get surprised a lot for some of those things? No, and and um, that was very specific to this company, uh, and they always until COVID, they always had a cycle, and that was twenty five, fifty, sixty five off. You'd mark it twenty five off. You mark it fifty off. You mark six. So some of these things would be hit three times with a ticket, right? And then we would wow. do an additional off sale. So we would add weight to the item. Yeah, so, so four, four, four tickets and you got your printing press back there making tickets. You know, yeah, oh, interesting. These little machines are rolling out to you. So we, you, would, you would have the markdowns, then we'd have the additional off sales. So those were uh, done on a specific cadence also. Okay. So but we, what, what we ended up doing was training our guest to follow these 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 cordons these cadences and it created a a nomadic group of shoppers through the city and the city like phoenix they could go from all these other stores and and i they would go from store to store and and find whatever they're trying to find um or buy whatever they try to buy but during covid um obviously they couldn't do those sales right and then they uh did what they could do through COVID. I was with, uh, I was with the, you know, the other company by then, but I always stayed in touch and they came out of it and uh, they stopped and they stopped doing these additional off sales. And it really uh, probably freaked out that core group. Yeah. Probably uh, a, lot of, a, a lot of retraining. A, a, yeah. Yeah. You're retraining. Yeah, your I mean, they were like, yeah. my wife still says, when's it, you know, still says it. <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, kind of don't do it anymore, man. Yeah, so your wallet's better. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But um, well, no, she's just paying more for it. She's just paying more for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they came out of it and they stopped doing that. But if you if you go from COVID at the base, the, the hardest week of COVID uh, sales for Dillard's and look at their stock from then to now, you're going to see a uh, massive spike. And they because they created a they, they created a profitability. Uh, easily by not taking the markdown uh, on all those units, you know, hundreds and millions of dollars worth of markdown dollars that they were promised, you know, to do too. So that's an instant profit margin that created a whole, my, my 401k is doing very well now from when I left, yeah, hey. <laughs> it's a, you know, four yeah. time, four fold over. So I'm, I'm happy with it, but it's interesting to see someone like that with such deep rooted, consistent, cadence driven nomadic sales to stop something and then come out of it and then flourish so you can there people can change things can change yeah and, and, cha- um, and change for the better i mean uh you know i think it i could help change the demand cycles i think uh you know drawing people in earlier in the season helping them get something new because it's refreshing for that season um that's a that's a that's a real interesting case and and did you get to manage when you were in the on the department? Did you get to manage like like now we as we as property managers are really focused on tenant mix and merchant mix and and how does the brands flow together and 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 if you're a competent GM, uh, you know, unlike our top ten last you know last week, which was you know one of the last one of the last ones was you know you think tenant mix goes on the drink of a margarita essentially, uh, you know, uh, it uh, you know if you're a competent GM and you understand leasing and the brands and the flow and how they can be synergistic or, or, or complementary. Um, you know, how much, how much, I mean, you were always big into the buying and the brands. And I always thought that was amazing when I first met you because, because you could talk about great brands as well as you could talk about whether the cleaning budget was met. And so I always thought that was really a good thing because that's, that's how we as, as GMs that are good are trying to, trying to progress the center. Um, did you get to do a lot of uh, brand pushes to bring in different tenants? So like, how did how did that work for you? Did you did you have some of that going on? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great great question. Um, once again, you look at where you're at in the in the city and you or wherever you're at with your demographics, and we would do demographic studies and information, and then um, you would uh, start to push on the buyers to get certain brands. So when I was at Chandler, uh, you had free people. And I wanted free people. So I went to our buyers and said, look, I went in the store. This is the brand I want. Look, what can we do to get this brand? You talk to the buyers, to the divisional buyer portion, and then the local buyer will come in. And they're, the buyers are located here in town, by the way. Their office is right here. So well, we that's had a great cool. interaction. And uh, you were able to really say, I want this brand. It's doing well at this store. It's doing well at this store. I'm that kind of store. I can see it fitting in with this brand and this brand. Uh, it's got the same price point. It's got the same margin. It's got the same looks, uh, and it'll. It, and we would we would beg for it. And sometimes they say, "No, you're not. You're not right for that." But then you would just keep like that that child pulling on the dad's coat. Come on, give me a try. Give me a try. But once you got it, you better sell it. So, <laughs> man, if I didn't sell David a pair of seven for all mankind jeans, I was in deep, deep trouble. <laughs> or a pair of Colhan shoes, which he's wearing right now. Yes, I, I am wearing those right now. Actually, they're they're very yeah. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, I, I my first my first love of retail was sales, and I sold all day, every day. I could sell anything. I you know 
I, I just I just love that interaction, trying to help someone f- find something they didn't know they needed and walking away feeling great because it's about them feeling well about themselves. Uh, so that you turn that into the buying portion too of the product and saying, I know that this woman loves this and she loves that. And if I can get her to get in this, she'd be just as happy she'll come back. So oh, one of the cool. biggest challenges for me, and I was back at, at Chandler again, was Nordstrom's was uh, hurting me initially when I was there. The other box down at the other end. And I would go down there and look at what their mix was and then report back to my buyers and go, they've got this, this, and this. This is where I'm lacking in, in, in better women's wear. I need to get this this into my mix. And I would show them reasons. I'd show them demographics. I'd show them other merchandise and really push to get that merchandise in there. And then uh, we would try to get in. It would take – I could get some stuff within months, but sometimes it would take too long and the fade was gone. But um, if you really stayed on top of it and really walked your other retailers, you could get product in or, or just looked online or looked – through whatever advertisements you saw, you can get brands into your store that help push your store along. You know, uh, you were talking about inventory. COVID had to change everything so much because nothing came in when you thought it would, or maybe it was in, but it wasn't in your store. It was in in a box somewhere. But uh, I was in a Home Depot one day, and uh, it was Christmas time in the heart of COVID, and someone walked in and said, "Where's our, where's your Christmas <laughs> items? And they said, uh, we sold out of what we had. And they said, you sold out? Said, yeah, we didn't get our, our full shipment. But they said, if you come back in July, we think we're going to have plenty, you know, if you want to come <laughs> come get it early. And, you know, sometimes timing is really, really important about when you get that. You can have a whole store full of Christmas. But in July in, in uh, Phoenix, I haven't been here but three years, I know that's not when I'm usually in the Christmas spirit. So no, um, no, no, definitely getting, well, getting delivered at the right time. Um, I, I, you know, you say that about the Christmas spirit and stuff. So every year like clockwork we would start to get christmas in in late august because that's when it came on the boat and the boat came to us and we had to get in and they had to get it to us so it was just um, um supply chain right and so then it would get to the point where it's to the rafters and you would be like the only place i have to put it is on the floor so by the end of september september 25th to 28th don't bother anybody in that area because they're doing one thing they're setting up christmas and the bombardment of guests just pounding you about why you putting christmas off before halloween you're not even getting through halloween and you're putting up christmas yeah guys there's there's no room you've got you want it but when you want it you like it when it's there but when you when it's not there in time you're mad so we have to get it there now and it takes a long time to put it up and there's no space so well that it was that's the way it was that's funny that your customer was just as vocal because on the gm side you know like when we were doing the mall stuff, like I remember, like uh, my current center, we we have to put a giant Santa set up, you know, two stories, and in order to get my lifts in, I got to bring my lifts in before I set that up, and that takes a week, and so it's like I'll be in the middle of October putting lifts, you know, putting lifts and wreaths up and, you know, dangling lights. And it's like, well, it's it's only October 10th. It's like, yeah, but I got to get this done by the 18th because I got to get this lift out of here so I can put this two-story Christmas house up. And it's, uh, you know, but people come in, they, they look at it. And, uh, you know, what's funny is I had a mall once where if you walked it in one direction – everything looked like it was right. And if you walked in a different direction, everything looked like it was wrong. So poor guest services used to have to sit there and get berated because they'd be like, your banners are backwards. And da-da-da-da-da. It's like, well, if you walked from center court, it was actually right way. But, uh, 
yeah, no, we'll we'll make a note of that. We'll we'll let uh, we'll let we'll let uh, the management know. Yep, yep, your banners are wrong. I also had the same issue with the American flag. Halfway, oh, yeah, which, half of the yeah. mall was amazing. The other half was like, "You are a curse to veterans." And <laughs> yeah. it was like, "I'm I have a forty by sixty foot flag up here. I'm pretty sure I love veterans." But it's backwards. Well, only if you're standing from this way. I like, uh, Dave, when you used to have to wear the shirts that I believe you came up with that says, ask me where or ask me oh, what. Yes. I had a, it was a guest services test and it was, uh, what was it? Uh, ask me. Oh, yeah. It was like. Or ask me. Yeah. It was like, ask me. It was like, uh, you know, ask me, ask me a question or. Uh, I'll have an answer or something like. I think the front had one thing, the back had another one. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just say on the record that that was not my finest customer service uniform, you know. But uh, well, well, that because people people were ruthless, man. You told me they were just ruthless, just ruthless. Yeah. Well, when you were with Dillard's, didn't you guys do shirts one time for Christmas that uh, you you guys never played the the crazy holiday hours? You never went as crazy as everyone else. And I forget what was on the shirts one year, but I thought that's brilliant. Because uh, it was it was something that just said you know we're I, I can't even remember what it was now but it sort of implied that you were you were remaining sane through the holiday yes. season instead of trying to be open till two o'clock in the morning and then reopen at six though uh, right so we only did they only did two weeks out of the sequence and they're pretty close to you to the mall that we were, were pretty close to the mall where there was two weeks where we would just kind of spread out a little bit but. On the other side of the thing, in the internal shirts were funnier, Don, um, and I'll clean up my language, uh, but uh, because we're on the air, uh, and it was uh, during Christmas, we all feel like mushrooms. We're kept in the yeah, dark and yeah. we're fed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, when you go to work, it's dark, and when you came home, it's dark. So you're definitely a mushroom. You so know, it was uh, one of those things. This is great when you have a self beeping guest. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like you don't it. Have I don't have to go I through have to work my, it, so. my mute buttons. Nothing. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> well, I did study radio in college, so that you know, I, I'm I'm ready for you whenever you are. You know, you uh, brought up Colhan. The first time I bought a pair of Colhan's shoes was at Dillard's, and you are right; they are an incredible shoe. And uh, I knew that uh, the shoe salesman worked on commissions, which usually yeah. is a, is a great thing. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I usually like the stores that had a commission. Uh, basis because you got better customer service for obvious reasons. That's not to say it's always the case, but you know most of the time it it works well. So uh, I was actually in uh, my Dillard store. I was in the shoe department, and there were a couple of associates there, and no one was waiting on me. And so I whipped out <clears> my <throat> cell phone. And I called the, the the store manager, and I said, "Aren't you guys? Don't you pay commissions down here in shoes?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "Just stand right there." And so about five minutes later, he walks down, and he sold me two pairs of shoes. It never said anything to the associates. You know, the associates been watching me wander around, and he just walked He walked right down and said, can I help you? And I didn't act like I knew him. And, and uh, you know, I probably spent $300 on or whatever it was. They weren't they weren't inexpensive shoes. No, you definitely were, spent $300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yes, they, you did. Well, see, I was thinking, gee, now, now that I put that out there, my wife listens to these, and I get a lot of crud when she goes back and says, so, you know. Your shoes cost yeah, more than mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I can uh, But, Don, you brought up a really interesting point uh, in the big boxes. Um, the one I worked for was the only one that had this certain type of uh, – um, pace cycle and it was called sales per hour mm -hmm. and it was a commission-based time kind of fun then had full commission which was a sales plus commission thing and then they had the sales per hour thing so that's why they had so many people on the floor when you were there is that, that everything was based on selling x amount of dollars per hour 
and the math didn't always um, wasn't always <laughs> perfect, and it led to lots of difficulty. Nordstrom's has a different style. Neiman's has a very high high commission structure, and they can make a lot of money. And then Macy's, you see on the other end, has no structure, and you can see that in the lack of people on their floor. So there's different um, levels, and that's what was the hard part about hiring people is, is – um, We'd have a class every single week of at least 10 people for 50 weeks a year. And that's how many people you'd go through over and over and over and over. It was, it was, it, it it really wore you out. No, it, it, it was incredible to watch. Like I said, I just kept getting more and more respect um, for department store managers and and other managers. Some, Some stores were clueless the whole time. There was just, there was really no help for it. Uh, they, uh, I, I think I joked about this on a podcast before, but it would amaze me. They'd spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to build out a store, hundreds of thousands of dollars to then put in merchandise. And then they're going to pay me, you know, significant rent and they hire someone and we're paying them $15 an hour to manage a sales staff. And, you know, these are smaller stores, but you know, maybe there's six people, but, uh, in the third day, you could be the the key holder because the other two quit that were above you. So all of a sudden, you're <laughs> yep. right there. And these are people you wouldn't even let them have the keys to your car, and somehow you're giving them this this business. And uh, when you find those, we, we've talked about this on an earlier podcast. We could tell sales went up in certain stores when the by the manager, like. They were managers totally. that we helped get a different job in the mall because it was like you know yeah. they need a manager over there and you know they they'd go over so it uh, you you said something before we got on the air that until you start interacting with with uh, the mall management team or uh, you know you didn't realize exactly what it was that they did and we've all right. been we built we, we you're on both sides of that coin now you have a you have a built in. Uh, relationship when you go to talk to someone because you can talk their language. And I will tell you, when I first got in the business, uh, I didn't know the language. I didn't know what they were doing. I just thought, oh, they open the doors and people come in, buy stuff, and it's all over with. And uh, as I got older and I got wiser and and I learned from other people, you start realizing, yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of stuff here. Uh, remember when we used to have mall counters, David? And, and uh, I, I don't know if the, the first round of them, we would deliver, we were required to give that information to each of the department stores every day or every week or every month, whatever it was. And they would use that then, you know, because it showed when our busiest times were in that. And I had them all one time that had five anchors. Four of them did nothing with it, but uh, one of them just read that like it was the Bible. And, and yeah. uh, they got oh. marketing dollars based on it. They would do radio show, uh, radio ads in the morning or have live radio there. And he, he got it by using the data that we were providing. And the other people there, the other department stores, they, they didn't get it. They weren't, they weren't able to, to capitalize on it. And yeah, so maybe, maybe perused it, or, but, di- but didn't look yeah. at it from a data analytics and a, and a true, yeah. how do I drive the forces to it? That's and, interesting. And well, it, uh, I'll be the I'll be the I'll be the guy outside the box. So I would say that I have very close acquaintances in three or four of the major box stills were still now today. It's not typically that guy or that lady that's running that that didn't read that. It's the uh, the world above them that doesn't want doesn't direct them in that that facet because they're not going to do anything with it. They're not going to give them that's not the way they run their world and and uh and but then you need that entrepreneurial 
spirit to take it on yourself and do something with it. And, and, uh, uh, there's a gentleman here in town named Jim Benson, who's my mentor, who's now the, uh, he got promoted again, uh, for, for that company. And, and he taught me that, um, take this box that they gave you and run it as though it was yours. Every, every aspect of it. And I took that to such heart, uh, on, and I still have people walk up to me today, um, and in many malls and at the mall I'm at now and be like, Oh my God, David, it's great to see you. Thanks for my start or whatever it is. I have lots and lots of people on LinkedIn that we stay connected with and they're all in that world, but they're progressing. I love, I love yeah. to see people win and move forward. It's, it's, uh, really, um, one of the most satisfying things to see someone else progress. That means that I progress myself, um, by helping somebody and, I think it's, it was one of my favorite parts of my job was seeing people progress. But that segue, Dave, you said of me and, and not seeing them all um, was uh, I was at Santan um, and I got that store there. And, and it never, when I got there, it did okay. And I was challenged with, I came from Desert Sky. So I went from Desert Sky Mall to Santan Mall, which was like taking the Buick Cutlass with the rusty doors and going into the brand new escalade you know i mean it was like new new fixtures new news new floors new everything what are these bright lights above me yeah, yeah. lights LED, LED? everything what is lit yeah everything's lit <laughs> and uh i i was just like this is great but why aren't they making any money and um i was challenged to, to really try to make something of it and i met sheila who used to be uh one of our co-workers and she um yeah true gem really GM, came yeah. and interacted with me about my walked them all with her the, the the property with her and she showed me what's going on around me and it was it was that you know i'd walked around and maybe gotten got a, a shake or something from a, something but not really uh interacted as much as i should have and she really opened my eyes and gave me information in a, in a broad sense you know here's what's happening here what's happening for you here's what's happening here what's happening for you. And and that's when I, I began to pay attention and she introduced me to this guy over here, Dave. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple months later I got to go to, uh, I got promoted to Chandler mall and almost right away when I got there, Dave came and introduced himself and he said, welcome to the mall. Hey, let's go out and have some lunch, tell you what's going on in the mall. And I was interested in, in, in that facet because I, I think that mall had a lot of opportunity that was being missed by that, by the, my predecessor there. Um, and I think we can make a difference. And I went in uh, literally just swinging for the fences and got a whole new lighting package and all new flooring put in and yeah. new vendors left and right. And I tell, come get Dave and ask Dave, what's, what's going on in the mall. Can you tell me, are they doing well? They're not doing well. And he can give me the, the umpire signs, you know, <laughs> but I, I, exactly, exactly. And I got the umpire side, uh, but um, it, it, it was uh, the first time I, I, I really saw what was going on in the mall around me. And I spent at least one of the, of this, I work six days a week, every single week. And one of the days I'd go out and really hit the mall and, uh, and walk and, and take a look at what's going on around me and with the traffic and, the, and just all different facets. And, and it, was a great eye opening experience. I don't think I can tell you right now that in my current center, um, 
one out of my five majors walks the center one. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a different, you know, understanding the ecosystem of the center, not just within your own walls, but the whole, it, it does provide an advantage. It gives you the chance to talk shop. It gives you the advantage. I think it even gave you an advantage in recruiting. I think you were able to go out yeah. and see, you know, Hey, talk to you. Oh, that's cool. Talk to you. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a neat, uh, a neat thing to to be able to interact and see, and then also to know know those merchants and know those merchandises, merchandisements uh, better, uh, is truly fun. Well, as you talk about the experience that you bring into it from the retail side now to the mall management side, you know, there's a reason we have so many ex uh, <laughs> department store managers that work for us because, you know, on the side that you're sitting on now. When you when you see that it's someone that you want to work with, it's someone you want to associate with, and it's someone you know that's an asset could be an asset on on either side of the on either side of the coin, and so that makes a that makes a big difference. You said something earlier where uh, how pleased you are about advancing people, and uh, when you see their careers going on, and knowing that you had a part in that, uh, you know I I think that's probably been one of my favorite parts of this whole job is is watching. Uh, people and, and being able to help people move and, and grow in their position, even if it didn't mean physically moving, just gaining more knowledge and, and gaining more um, uh, comfort in, in, in thinking outside the box and, and taking chances and knowing that you had their back and that you're going to help them try to get to where they need to be. We had uh, the number one J.C. Penny in the portfolio, and we hired that manager, and I had the lucky, uh, I was lucky enough to be uh, the, the VP for that region for several years. And when we would walk into that store or even other, other department stores of the same brand when we went somewhere else, and they would all come up and talk to them. And mostly it was about how much they missed them. And yeah. I didn't understand it because I didn't like, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and you know what else really surprised me too is they always called him Mr. So, I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't, and... You know, he wasn't a he wasn't the type of person that would demand that. It was something that uh, I guess he'd earned, and and they still referred to it that way. And uh, it was it was fun walking through with him, and it was fun walking walking with him to see what he commented about other stores in the mall and sales. We uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk this much, but Dave knows now I talk this much. We were in a mall once in, in New Jersey. We were walking through with a department store, and it was a not a national chain, but a local chain. We were walking through the mall with that manager, and he is pointing out stuff as we go along the whole way about, oh, look at that, look at that. We got to a major retailer, a major retailer. I'm not going to say their name, uh, but he told us that sometimes he went in that store and cleaned up their displays because he felt sorry for them. Now, think <laughs> about this. This, this, is, this is a regional department store going into a national store and just yeah. going, yeah, this is too bad. We got to fix that right now and move. And I said, does anyone ever come talk to you? He said, you rarely see anybody. It's not a problem. Yep. But I, we tried hiring him, by the way, because I was just so impressed with him because it, it, would, it blew us away when he told us that. I just can't. That was well, that's like, that's like now that whenever you used to go to the airport, did you ever try and reach down and pick up trash? Oh. Yeah, because – it's ingrained in you now. Like it, it doesn't even. Like I'm walking through. I remember going to my competing center's mall, and some 
juveniles were like playing on their escalator and I like went full mall manager and was like, uh, boys get off that, da, 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 get downstairs. I'm going to go, we're going to call security. I'm like, this isn't even my mall. I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still vividly remember. And my wife, uh, my wife was so appalled. It was before that you could pay for gas at the credit card at the, at the gas pump. I was walking in to pay for gas and there was a piece of baloney on the ground with ants on it. And I bent down to pick it up. And it was like, what am I doing? You know, this, it's a gas station. I don't have to pick up everything as I go along here. And but I did. But the baloney tasted funny, just so you know. Once, once the ants get to it, it's just not that good. My uh, on the sense of walking through other retailers, um, I my wife hates to shop with me. Um, not because I'll shop with her forever. It doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm used to it. It's fine. I'm not like most husbands. I'll go do it. But I'll sit there and as she's shopping, I'm finger spacing the hangers <laughs> or I'm fixing their sign or I'm straightening stuff. And she actually says out loud, stop it. And I'm like, I can't. It's like PTSD. It's got to be, gotta be right. It's got to be right. That's funny because my wife says a similar thing about me because I'm counting ceiling tile to figure out how big the space is, mm-hmm. or I'm count, or I'm looking at the storefront going, you know, they haven't wa- they haven't they haven't dusted these windows, or there's four lights out, and you know, it's like my wife's like, knock it off, like I'm just here to look at the blouse, like like yeah, but like this, this is a nice 34, 3400 square foot space, and like look at the lighting. I really think the spacing here is good. And like, no, that, that, we were talking about holiday hours. You know, we always have retailers that would complain about why are we open at eight or why are we opening at seven and and uh, the good ones use that time to clean up their store and get their merchandise yes. you know refolded and yeah they may not do much in sales but you know they had enough people in to do it and uh, there was a couple times in my career where people were just coming on me I said well let's walk down to your store let me meet you down there or let's go down there and you point out the dust bunnies in the front or the glass needs to be cleaned and stuff and say you know yep. if you can't have sales maybe it's a good time to do this when I worked for uh, Hellsburg this thing was if you have time to lean you have time to clean so you yeah. <laughs> you were cleaning glass all the time and uh cleaning 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 yeah yeah, yeah. and that, uh, that's what uh in my past what that time frame was for we would actually work that into the schedule on timing of the amount of people that they would call recovery for the last hour for the first hour recovery or or putting on new merchandise uh, situations um utilization of time i think was a luxury pre-covid and now post-covid the luxury of time is so strained Mm -hmm. because of the lack of employees but they're still getting this stuff done that makes me wonder what we could have done then with what they're doing now oh yeah because they're still achieving all these things and these 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 points that they wanted to get to and they're doing it with less people again uh and um so it just goes to show you that uh, there is I don't know where the limit is. I thought we got the limit before, and we're still stretching that limit. It's incredible because there's just people. Well, well there's innovation, people, right? Can, there's lots well, of innovation. Well, I tell you what, you're still relatively new on the mall management side, but when I think about the staffing that we had, and remember when we, you know, we were challenged with making reductions, and you know, when it, in the dumb fat and, and lazy days, you just hired another person because it all went through CAM. And, you know, it, yeah. it, it didn't really cost you. Everyone anything. needs an assistant and yeah. everyone should have an assistant and, to the assistant. Yeah, so, I can't yeah. tell you how many yeah. how many times I saw go through, you know, yeah, you, you can do this with less. And you, no, you can't. And Well, dang, you could. And then we went to things and some good, some bad. But uh, electric 
or self-driven scrubbers for the floors and yeah that's, uh, an, that's, uh, uh, that's an interesting uh, experiment yes yes yeah. yes, yes, yes uh, it is. Uh, compacting trash cans in in uh, new york city we had trash cans that were being emptied 20 times a day or more Woo. and been a busy food court and you know you can't you can't do that, and you know we went to compactors out there, and so now you're down to four or five. So you're yeah. saying you're saying like the the food court trash cans, just the ones sitting out there, like you'd put the tray in or whatever, mm-hmm. self compact in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And well, uh, then, and then who's the he man that picks it up when he gets to a weight level? Well, what well what's funny about that is the union tells you what that weight level is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the most was seventy pounds. Which, by the way, no union was going to say seventy pounds, and I think we we settled around thirty five because you can you know change the yeah and and oh, then, so you can change the pressure to let you know what it is yeah yeah and how much so uh, oh, that's cool and 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 there and you know talking about innovation it'll actually send out a message to tell you that it's nearing so you can get a you can get a text oh. telling you that it's time to go down man but that you, would that'd make the three o'clock transition of housekeeping staffs yeah, work for but, me better but <laughs> if you think about it if you're trying to empty a trash can 20 times in a busy food court and you push the gray whale through that doesn't work overly well no no and, it doesn't uh, so uh, it's just not that's uh, you know innovation wise like i think my uh, you know it's funny as my um my trash cans were getting old in one of my food courts, you know, because you have kind of long life of, of the food court, you know, of any furniture, fixture, and equipment kind of pieces. And, um, you know, one of the things we did, we had kind of a laminate finish on it or whatever, but but we actually took them out. I, th- I think I was talking to you about an idea that you had done for, I think, upholstery with a car dealer once, and we took it to a rhino liner for a bed truck. And so we would take out two or three at a time, and they would bedline the whole thing with this. We did black because black was a sleek color, and it worked with my other trash cans. But we bedlined all of the trash cans and then brought them back and reassembled them. And so I think we ended up doing 25 or 26 of them, and I think it was only like 5 or 10 grand. I don't remember. It wasn't, wasn't very much money. But now they're indestructible. Like, yep. I pull them out. We can power wash the heck out of them and put them back, and, and there's no scratching or lamination. But, like, the innovations there, especially for those, as David said, like the, the entrepreneurial experience where you're saying, what would you do if you were the owner? Well, you like how they look. They're fine functionality, but they're not looking as good because they're getting worn down. And so you create your own solution by going out and finding something clever like rhino lining your trash cans and making them look sharp. And the only thing that doesn't work is when, you're, uh, when you've got a red uh, – um, when you got like a red washcloth and you're starting to rub it against the rhino line, it kind of eats the washcloth. So that's the only thing that doesn't really work out. So, yeah. Um, uh, David, sorry. Um, we're doing hand signals over here in case you yeah, can't see yeah, that there yeah, inside. Like, but, like uh, that, yeah. Hey, David, what's your best customer service story or some of the best customer ser- service stories? Best customer service, and I'll give you the scariest customer service. Ooh, uh, I'm, ex- I'm anticipating now. <laughs> I'll start with the scariest. My we'll, best, end, we'll end on I, it. I'd say start. one of the best ones was an awful situation that ended up to be, you know, um, really great. I, I found a man just pretty much standing at this corner of my men's area and literally just, just staring off and couple guys come up can I help you know can I help you know but he's just kind of staying he has a piece of paper in his hand he's just kind of going there and I'm like I gotta figure out why this man's standing there and and uh I walk up to him and I said sir um I'm a store manager you know can I help you with something today and he looks up to me and he, he wells up right away and I'm like oh god what's going on he goes I need to get a suit for my son he just passed away mm. oh that's good and so I'm like huh okay uh, let's, let's, let's get this going. So, um, just 
let him talk. And I said, you know, what's how tall was your son? How you know how much did he weigh? That kind of thing. So we got them all figured out. We're we're getting a suit together, and I'm like, he goes, I, I go, and he goes, I don't want to be outdressed by my my son, so we got him a suit. And so I, I went and helped him with his suit. And his wife came up and they hugged and they had a moment there, there. And, and, and she, she's like, I just couldn't find anything upstairs, honey. So I said, I walked her up upstairs with him while his suit was getting done and the sun suit was getting put together. And I helped her find uh, something to wear. And I, I got her dressed there too. Uh, and uh, so I, I, you know, I, I got them all taken care of. I, I rang them up. I, I, I said, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss and I hope you have a wonderful experience with, uh, you know, everything here. And they, they left and they thanked me profusely and, um, and they sent a, a card later to um, the store and, and to my boss and said, you know, you made this terrible situation. Great. But I ended up helping that man and that woman every year on the anniversary, they would do something together for the loss of their son and they would come and shop at my store with me and I'd ring them up and we'd stayed in touch for about 12 years through the Valley. I, and I, wow. I would see them and I haven't seen them in a while, but that was, uh, you know, one of those things where you just meet somebody off a whim and now I know everything about them, him, his wife, where they go every year for when they go, they have an RV and they love their RV. I know everything about them. So that's, that was a great experience off of a very traumatic situation. Flip the coin around. I'm at, uh, metro center and our return policy was really strict and i just really liked to follow that policy because it was the one thing we had teeth <laughs> and um i'm at customer service and there's a very very large man on the other side of the counter yelling at my little lady a whole bunch of things i can't say on your radio show <laughs> about how what he's going to do to her and yada yada so i went around the counter and uh i'm there's a camera right here next to my head. So the camera guy's watching me. I'm standing there. I introduce myself. He doesn't want to be introduced. <laughs> he becomes, he's more and more belligerent. We had to wear suits and ties. And that was something that was very difficult. So now I, I told him no one more time. And he reached over the counter and grabbed me by my tie and started to pick me up off the floor by my tie. Ooh. And I'm trying to pull myself back. But of course, the tie is choking. So. There's a video of me flailing, you know, and it's looking very strange, but I'm hearing out of my left ear, I'm hearing a thud sound getting louder. And I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. So I just put my hands onto the side here and I just kind of close my eyes and I heard, I just saw this man go flying by me and tackles the man. And I, I come down to the ground and my tie is a little jacked up and stuff, but he is now on the ground with a police officer because we had police we had full police guys had him on the ground handcuffed him for assault um so that day was uh one of my uh, least favorite guests i've ever interacted with but uh uh it was uh, it's all on video and that's the funniest thing because it just looks like a bad laurel and hardy uh, oh. to, to date myself there uh because uh, I, I was just crazy but yeah people are crazy did you switch to a clip-on after that i, I wanted to i definitely wanted to because that tie was there's destroyed. a there's a reason cops wear clip-on ties i gotta tell you you don't want to give them anything to grab all the wow that is that is great but i think the best part is the anticipation you could feel by hearing the thumping mm -hmm. coming doom, 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 doom. 
Yeah, he had those big boots on because he was a SWAT guy. So I knew it. And this, these were wood floors. So you could just, I knew what was coming. I knew his name. I knew who was coming. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Please don't take my tie with you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, those are, those are two really cool stories. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I've enjoyed the conversation today with you, David, and uh, I hope that we can have you back again. And uh, I think we've got kind of the insight with your background now. We can ask some pretty fun questions to get these kind of stories. These are pretty awesome. So thank you, David, for joining us us today. And uh, anything last to say, Don? No, it's been great. Uh, Wonderful hearing these stories, and it's wonderful to hear. You know, you you brought up something here. Uh, We're in the people business, whether you're in retail or whether you're on the mall management side. And uh, one of the things that made this such a great career for me is I love people. And we think of we think of retail as the positive stories and the negative stories. But, you know, that story about their son had died and he's there. You know, everyone that's in the store isn't there for the same reason that day. And to have the opportunity to be able to connect and help someone like that, that's a great story. Great story, David. Oh, it's, and I, I appreciate being uh, uh, available. i honored to be a guest and uh, – I've I've loved my career so far, but I really enjoyed the last five years very much. It's been a, a, a great experience, and um, I have a million horrific, horrific, and terrible and funny stories that I could interact with you well, all. I, I mean, I'll, we could I'll, write books, as you said, we could write books. Yeah, well, I uh, I very much look forward to part deuce, and uh, we'll have to have you back here here shortly, and. Uh, Thank you all for participating today. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed uh, this this kind of fun intro into the, the retailer side and coming over to the light side of the GMs. But I think there's stories on both sides of the aisle that are pretty awesome. And I tell you what, we want to invite other people to be able to uh, reach out to us and join us. And uh, we think that there's a there's a million stories out there in, the, in this that uh, we'd like to hear your stories as well. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>